Welcome into Lonely Town, a killer's podcast with Jimmy and Derek. We are here on location, a very special episode with Meadow Paredes. And uh, we're here in Nephi. It's our first time ever recording in Nephi uh, for the Lonely Town podcast. And I'm going to add Meadow's office to the places of where you need to come visit if you're ever in town because it's very killer-esque and it's very Nephi-esque. So Meadow, thanks for having us come on. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Well, Meadow, I don't even know where to start, but I guess we'll go back to the, the beginning. You're, uh, where are you from originally? When did you get to Nephi? So I, I would be considered a move-in as well. So um, when I was seven years old, I moved to Nephi, uh, Mrs. Cowan's class. So I think we, you were in there. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> how far back we go. Huh? Anyway, uh, moved in when I was seven lived on the west side of the tracks uh, in in the in the fields and my dad was a farmer so that's what i spent most of my summers doing was just farm work and working on the on the farm and riding horses up skyline and stuff like that so it's a good place to live i think i just sounded exactly like the video when that gal said it's a good place to live So did you move away from Nephi at some point or have you lived here ever since? So I lived here, like I said, when I was seven, went to school here until the 10th grade. And then I um, moved to Ogden and went to school at Job Corps and then moved to North Carolina for a while. My first husband was in the military um, and then from there came back and here I am. <laughs> you are back, back where it all began. Right? Yeah, back where it came, began. That's right. <laughs> so we usually go with uh, any any memories or, or any stories about growing up with Brandon Ties, anything like that. Not a whole lot of memories. He was, from what I remember, he was pretty quiet. You know, golf course like we always talk about, but just kind of an average kid. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a lot of people's memory is just. <laughs> He was there, but didn't really make a scene. He just kind of stuck to himself and kept to himself. And and that's a lot of uh, what people have said. So moving forward, I think the first time, uh, even before Pressure Machine, that Brandon kind of came, well, he's been back to town. He has family in town. But the first kind of thing where I'm like, oh, there might be something going on here had to do with you and a building you own. Yep. Do you want to tell the listeners what building you uh, yeah. That would be. Yeah, so so uh, if you are a Nephite, you would know it as the Annex, more than likely. Um, it's the old building on 1st East and 1st South, um, and that is actually where Brandon grew up. So <laughs> didn't realize that I had bought, um, it's an apartment building. We've been, we've been putting it into apartments and, and, and fixing it up, but I had no idea that I had bought the the home of of Brandon Flowers growing up when I bought it I think we were fixing up an old room and um, I just thought oh my gosh I think I just remembered that he used to grow up here how cool is that that we have this place that he was at and that was that was about ten years ago so he was obviously big into his career um, probably still growing it from where it is today but it was it was pretty neat to put that together. So have you been uh, like have you been Killers fan and you've been following the music oh, yeah. or oh, when, yes. when did you I guess I kind of skipped a step when did you realize or put together the Killers and Brandon and, and all that? Uh, you know I think it was it must have been probably about fifteen years ago. 
I remember driving in town and I can't remember who it was, but in the back of their window, they had the killers in there. And I remember thinking, well, what in the heck is that about? Why would somebody put the killers in their window? And then, you know, kind of Googling and hearing around town what was going on and, and figuring out that it was it was Brandon from there. So. So the annex is a really unique building. What do you know about the history of it? So the building itself was built in there's two parts of it. There's an older part, um, and I, I don't have record of how old that is. Um, and then there's a newer part, um, the north side. And I, I know that that part was put on in 1917. Um, it was an old hotel back in the cart and buggy days where people would come from Salt Lake. They'd stay in Nephi. It was kind of like a, like a, Gosh, you'd go there and you, you know, it, it was just like a full service hotel is what I'm being told. And then they'd travel on to like the Manti Temple or down to St. George or wherever they were heading. But it, it definitely has a lot of stories. When we were growing up, I think it was more of the haunted building. Um, there was a lot of people that would go there to find ghosts. Um, it definitely, I will, it is definitely haunted. Um, <laughs> there is definitely some fun stories in it, but it's, it's just been, it's, yeah, it's just an old building that has a lot of character. I mean, I, I have people that stop by and say, oh, I was born here in that older place from, and, and, and you know, from stories that they've been told. Or I have stories that, you know, it, it's got a lot of stories. I, it, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stories behind it. It's been around for, for a long time and it's had a lot of owners and sometimes it's been vacant and sometimes it's, now it's got some of my happiest memories of my entire life inside of it. So the way I acquired it, um, I had I used to own the little thrift stop, the little thrift store in Nephi before they moved it to here. And um, my husband was working with a guy um, out on that electrical work that they did out in Mona, and he went to work and kind of just had a relationship with this guy and. He said, well, I've got a friend that owns an old building out here and we're looking for somebody to manage it. Do you think you and your wife would have any interest in taking a look at it? And he put it off and told him no and came home and told me that, you know, oh, this guy's after me to manage this building and get into it. And I said, well, what building is it? And he told me and I said, you told him no. I said, you call him right now. I, I, I've always had a fatuation with the building. I mean, I was one of the ones that used to sneak in there when I was younger and, and try to see what we could find, you know, and it's, it's, it's always been a lot of fun. Um, but now what I have it for is I use it as a rental. Uh, but I also have most of my family living there. I've got, and, and Brandon did the same. His his sister lived up in one apartment and, and he lived downstairs in one. And it's kind of the same now. I've got my daughter and my grandbabies that live in one and my brother, my brother-in-law. Um, I've housed my best friend for a few years. I've housed my sister for a few years. And it's just this really cool, um, just positive place to be. And it's it's a lot of fun to have. So how many apartments are there in that building? There are 10. And when I get done with it, it'll have 12. So, yep. So still growing. Yeah, still room to grow. <laughs> and so you initially got in more of a, like a fascination, because now you're doing real estate. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily real estate. No, no. Anything to do with that. Before It was before my real estate career. The building is kind of the reason that I got into real estate. I figured if I'm going to be managing build, a building, I better know 
legalities and, and what I'm up against. So when I got my real estate license, I really wasn't even, I, I was just kind of getting it to be a landlord sort of thing. I had no idea where it would take me on this fun career. So. <laughs> so one of the reasons we found out about your involvement with the annex and your ownership is when we did our interview with Joey, um, and he told us a little bit more about his real estate group and we found out that you were a part of it and he said, you have got to interview Meadow. She owns the annex. She's got a lot of stories she can tell. So I wanted to ask how, how'd you get involved with, with Joey and his mojo group? So like I said, it just kind of, when I decided to go back to school and get my real estate license, the one person that I could think of, I'm, I'm kind of one that says, okay, if I'm going to do something and I go all in, I've got to find the best person to follow. And I, on a whim, decided, oh, Joey, I better call him and find out what this whole thing is about. So I called Joey and things just kind of connected from there. I joined Coldwell Banker up in Salt Lake, where he's from. and. It's worked out really good to where we can build a team and you know he's he's got business in salt lake handled and i've got it right here and things keep on growing um there's if you follow us on on social media and stuff stay tuned there's a whole whole oh. whole lot of things happening with the mojo group so a lot of fun so recently you posted about being in the top one and a half percent of all Coldwell Banker. One and a half in the nation. In the whole country. In the entire wow. nation. So yeah, one and a half percent. So. And how many people on your team are from Nephi or have Nephi ties? <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun thing about the Mojo Group. Um, so there's quite a few of us from here. Uh, Joey Storius, uh, then, then me, and also Spud, uh, and then Diedrich, um, who's also from Nephi. So we've always got these connections of Nephi and anytime we're with each other, there's always stories of the past that we remember and stories of growing up in Nephi. So how many people are on the team total? 11. 11. So you guys kind of go to a party and just take over. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's always a party when, when Joey's around. <laughs> so he is the fun, he's a fun guy. And you've opened a, an office here in Nephi. That's where we're recording from today. Uh, we'll, We'll post some pictures, if that's okay with you, of some of the, the awesome decorations you've got up here, Nephi-related and even some Killers-related stuff. So, And then we know the whole group has had a chance to be here. I guess you, when you open it up, they all were able to come to Nephi, so yeah. they, they know the stories <laughs> and they've been here too. So. Yeah, cool. and, and it's, I think that sometimes they just, I mean, a lot of the, the group is from Salt Lake City area. We have people that are originally from... Oregon and Washington and, and kind of have moved in from Connecticut as well. And so when we get together as this group and we start talking about the 4th of July events or the Ute Stampede or the Bathing Beauty events or, you know, just some of the some of the traditional things that we have here. I, I think it, it takes them back to a time of really, I mean, did they really do this kind of stuff in this little town? So they're, they're, the group is definitely a little bit infatuated with with Nephi. Nephi's got an aura about it, I think. <laughs> it does. I think with pressure machine, it's only grown. It so. does. It does. But, but you know, I mean, as different as some of our traditions are down here, it was just a good place to grow up. It really was. I mean, it, it definitely, when I was going to high school, I really felt a lot, well, we'll just pressure. We'll put it with the, with the album. I, it was, it was, it was nerve wracking for me. It was, it was, I did not love Nephi back then in any way, shape or form. But now that I'm older and I can kind of see the full picture, it was a safe place to live. 
you knew every single person that you went to school with. I mean, we just talked about the first grade. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, it was definitely, it definitely had its quirks um, about it, but I'm so grateful that I gave Nephi a second chance. So going back to that, you great childhood growing up. It was a fun place to grow up, but then come high school, there's some pressure oh, yeah. coming in. What was that pressure? What was coming in? Where was it coming from? Uh, you know, uh, I think that Nephi has, well, back when we were there, it was either you or you were, you fit in with the crowd or you were a misfit, so to speak. You know, being a move in always kind of puts you as a misfit. I, I mean, would you agree with that in any way? <laughs> you never, you're never quite all the way in. Yeah, you're not. Not quite a Nephite. If you, you weren't know? here in kindergarten, you don't belong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. First grade is not close enough. I mean, it has ties from hundreds of years ago. You never know who's cousins with who. A lot of or, relatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stories of Nephi of of relatives that moved here from the past and then some sort of family feud happened and one now says their last name a different way than the other one just because they don't want that connection and then so just trying to navigate that yeah. growing up wasn't yeah. ever yeah, yeah it wasn't it was, easy it was yeah sure nephi is nephi there is there's we've talked i mean i've talked I've, you guys have talked about the religious aspect of it um fitting in that way um you know you've you've brought people in that live different lifestyles than what what grew up here and I think that um, it's been really interesting to hear those stories and know that you know we all felt the pressure when we lived here we all thought that we better go to church on Sunday and we better make sure that we're in with the crowd and we had better make sure that you know the, the thumb was to the table sort of thing on 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 rules and how how we acted you know you stayed out past curfew and you were a rebel and everybody knew it, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, growing up in the, and, and just going to high school, I, I mean, it sounds silly now, but during the high school, how it had the, the square and where, right where the office was, you kind of had to go into the, the school and go into the classrooms that way. And that's where all the football players would like sit and all the cheerleaders would sit and be in this hallway. And I remember being so scared. Oh my gosh, what if they look at me? Like, you know, that, that pressure of, of, of what if they look at you like you're differently or what if they, you know, talk behind your back or something. I'd go around the whole school to get to the class because there was just kind of that that fit in or that misfit situation. Yeah, we talked about it kind of earlier before we started when we were setting up that it's kind of, I don't know, strange or it's just good. I don't know what the word is to find out that other people have that same pressure. Uh, when we've talked with people that were on the football team that had pressure to do, you know, a certain thing, they want to go, like Joey wanted to go be in the, be in the show tunes and wanted to go sing in the, you know, a play, but but felt the pressure not to do it. Or Kyle had a whole yeah. different experience. And what if somebody had looked at him different? Yeah, what so if they looked at us. <laughs> at, at the time, we're all kind of in our own world, and we have our own thing going, and and you know, walk around to to avoid things. But to look back and say everybody was going through their own kind of version of that has been uh, one thing with doing the show. I guess that it's kind of helped me realize that you know nobody had it perfect. Nobody was just on cloud nine on easy street or whatever, but that was the way it kind of seemed is all these people have it together. Why don't I have it together or what's going on? And I think uh, in pressure machine, I think Brandon kind of 
Uh, he talks about it. I don't know if he solves those problems, but he definitely brought them up for us to have discussions about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's one of the coolest things about, about the album is that it's like, oh, wow, he felt that way too. And I mean, let's just talk about it. He obviously had, you know, pressure living here. He's, he, and, and he's obviously seen that a lot of people do. And I think it's amazing you know, once, once you get a little bit older and you grow up a little bit and you realize, oh my gosh, this life is whatever I can make of it. Um, there's not that pressure. There, there, there is, but it, it's, it, you're holding yourself to it. It's not other people that are, that are nobody's looking at us and, and, and judging us the way that we think that they, we judge ourselves. Yes, that we yeah. judge ourselves. So, and I think that you guys doing this, this, this podcast has been amazing because there's been a lot of people that have been able to go out and say, hey, it's not that bad. Just, just hold on and, and, and be strong and, and know that there's a whole beautiful life out there. And most of the time you come back to Nephi to have and then, it. And then you're in Nephi and it's rainbows and unicorns here now. So it's totally different. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Do you think it's different for your kids growing up here or for kids that live here now? Nephi is growing. I think that it still has a whole lot of the same ties um, that it did. If you ask my 21-year-old daughter how Nephi was growing up, she'd probably say it's it's a pressure machine, you know. But um I do feel like it, there is change as well. There's a lot of things changing in it, but I think that they both, the, the, I mean, she's raising my grandkids here, so it couldn't have been that bad, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as we talk to people and find out, it seems like other places around the country can relate, so and maybe it is a Nephi thing or maybe it's not. Uh, going back to the annex, uh, I think it was pre-COVID or right around there, there's a picture that came up on Facebook of Brandon in front of uh, in front of the annex. I think it was from, was it from you? Yeah, yeah. And so this was before Pressure Machine, anything had been talked about or anything, Brandon had came yeah. back to town uh, yeah. with his kids. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? So what's, what's that story? So the picture is in front of the building and it is my son, Peter. Um, and he was just blown away when the whole thing happened. But so I, I think it was maybe 2019, uh, pre-COVID um, and I went outside to kind of cut, start cleaning the, the foyer area of the building and all of a sudden I saw somebody and it looked kind of like he was lost or looking for something. So I said, oh, can I help you? Who are you looking for? And all of a sudden I said, oh, wow, Brandon, how are you? You know, I mean, it was just kind of blown away. I was just, and when he, when he realized that, so, that he was in the building, I think that he kind of had those, those deer in a headlight, like, oh crap, are, are they going to recognize me? Are they going to, are they going to admit, is this a big ordeal or what, you know? So, but he, he would stop by you know, and just kind of, I think, kind of get the feel of where he grew up. I caught him out in the hallway and I said, well, I says, I've got some vacant apartments. Do you want to take a look? And he said, oh, yeah. So he got his kids and his wife and, and, and took a tour of the building and it was really fun. Um, we went down to the to the basement and he says, oh, my gosh, I remember, you know, putting in that electrical with my dad and, and, and putting the, the conduit in there and had had some fun memories of what his father and his family did to to the building. So. So it was just random, unannounced. Completely unannounced. There's Brandon Flowers hanging out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to have proof. Peter, go stand by him. Was uh was he just, did he say why he was just taking the kids out for a drive? Or? Uh, he just kind of said, you know, I, he grew up there and that he he liked to show his kids where he grew up. And I think it was just kind of, you know, a, a sentimental 
thing to him where he he wanted him to know where he where he came from. And uh, uh, I could say I'll, I'll go ahead and say that was probably what sparked the whole album, right? I mean, that was kind of the the conduit going into it. it. It probably was right at the time of. I mean, they they have said on on interviews that it was you know COVID kind of made this happen. So I mean, yeah, you're probably right. It was probably the the sparking of that. So a couple Brandon visits here and there, you know, kind of getting a, a feel of things, and then um, you know, then it kind of quieted down and then we started seeing a photographer around um his name was Wes and he says hey um, Brandon's kind of writing a new album and I, I just want to get some some pictures so that he can kind of take that and and kind of you know write his music and and have that to 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 look at and 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 whatnot and so I said oh yeah by all means take whatever take whatever photos you want and um I think he did that around town quite a bit um there's the the photos that he put in with the album and uh then from there it you know we never heard anything about it again it was just kind of quiet again and we'd be you know we'd bring it up my husband and I'd bring it up every once in a while with each other oh I wonder what's going on I wonder about that album and and then from there it was it was kind of like uh producers started coming and the cameramen started coming and they said well we just want to do a documentary you know Brandon's putting together some music and we want to we just want to give him a fill and, and help him do that and I think it was kind of like a little bit quieter of, of what was actually going to happen um, at that point. Was it always unannounced or were they kind it of give you a hint? It was never announced. It was never until until they did ask my husband to interview for for the documentary. Um, that that one was planned um, and I guess planned. Tony, my husband, told me that it was going to happen, that they were going to come over and do some documentaries and they just wanted to know about Nephi. And, I thought, oh, whatever. I mean, on the video, you see him on the porch of the annex building, and my bedroom is on the other side of the window, and I'm sleeping. That's that's how I how in, how big I thought this was going to be. I didn't really realize what was going on. So, so how long did they interview him for? Because I mean, we just see a clip in the documentary. Yeah, a clip. Um, they they went through the building as well. We have some vacant ones that we're, we're working on and he kind of given them a tour of the basement. Everybody's really always just interested in that building and seeing what it is. I mean, it's 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 cool. I mean, you know, from the outside and then you go on the inside and some things are updated and some things are not and and but it's 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 definitely got it's got a cool vibe to it that that I think that everybody's just got some interest in in the history of it and, and what it is. Yeah, I think a lot of times now things get built, get tore down to rebuild and, and that cycle kind of goes. I mean, Nephi's a little different that way. We do have some older buildings, but the annex is definitely yeah. uh, out of a different time. So you come and it's one of these things just doesn't quite look like the others. Right. And, and that building's that. If you grew up here, like we talked about, there's all sorts of stories. Most of them are scary. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then sometimes it's scary and sometimes it's kind of that connection to the past, right? Yeah. So uh, with Brandon coming back and connection to his past through that same building and now you have a part of that history, that's that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it has been a lot of fun to take part of it and be a, be a part of be a part of the pressure machine, even though we didn't know that we were even even doing that. So. So on the documentary, your husband shares a story about uh, an unfortunate story with a a tenant who who killed himself mm -hmm. 
And uh, I was wondering, do you know of any anything else that they interviewed him about or stories that he told? There, I was just curious why they, they picked that. I'm sure that wasn't the only story he told yeah. about, about <laughs> Nephi. Yeah, I, I mean, they probably picked that story because of, well, the album, and it, it does fit in with the pressure that, that, that people feel. It was, that was, that was a hard one. Um, you know, we live in that building and our tenants just kind of become family. And for a long time, it was like, oh, why did he do that? Why did, but we never know what is going on in inside people's minds and their reasoning for doing that. So that one in particular, I, I, I feel like, you know, he, he justified it because of the fact that his daughter was really sick. Um, she, you know, she's since passed as well. And I think that it was just important for him to to be with his daughter. Um, that's that's what I can get from that. There's there's a lot of other stories. Um, another fun thing that Nephi does is um, ghost town. Uh, they do the ghost hunting town and, and do the ghost tours. So that's that's in Halloween, and and of course the building is always picked to be one of the places that they stop. And you know that that's not the only suicide that's ever happened in the annex. Um, I do know, you know, I think it was '90s that there was another person that had had committed suicide. Um, it truly would not surprise me if that building was a brothel at one time. I, I mean, at, at, at one time, I, I do remember my grandpa coming and saying, what in the heck did you buy this place for? He said that he remembered coming home from World War II and staying in that place. And there was no air conditioning. And I can only imagine how hot it was in, in that place with no air conditioning. And he says, this was this was the party pad. This is where everybody came to to parties. So it was it's definitely got some stories. And as as, as far as you know, if you want to go into ghost stories or anything sure. like that, let's, let's have some. everybody loves a good ghost story. Everybody loves a good ghost story. So anytime we do anything to that building, there's there's definitely we we I feel like it's kind of like the keeper of the place that's kind of lingering around he doesn't there's no ghost there that's 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 hurtful there's nothing there that i think that it, that, that is that is bad or evil spirit but every time we do work on that building something happens um we'll have the windows open because you know we're, we're painting or there's fumes or something like that and all of a sudden all the windows will be shut in that that room when we go there so my husband kind of has a, a little joke of oh we're gonna be renovating i gotta go have a, a talk with all of the tenants from the past you know so so that one and um another story when my when my my sister actually lived upstairs in one of the bigger apartments um and i came into the building i was in a hurry and i saw saw a little girl run up the stairs and i said i thought it was my niece i said bella what are you doing home from school and i said Oh, nobody's here. That's that's not Bella. <laughs> so so that was kind of an interesting one. Um, it it definitely, like I said, when I, when I bought the place, I there was no way I would even enter that building without my husband there. I, I wouldn't even go clean the foyer without him there. Um, since I mean, it 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 definitely it definitely has some spirits from the past. I don't think anything there is is there to hurt. I think that. Um, it's a cool place. It's it's got some history. It's got some past. <laughs> well, they better still be paying rent if they're still in there. I, I tell people all the time that they're my favorite tenants because they don't leave messes when they move out. So. 
<laughs> so they lock the doors and windows behind him. Yeah, like, oh, it's fine. It's everything's fine. It's not scary at all. <laughs> um, so have you ever thought about uh, marketing it towards the the Brandon grew up here, Airbnb, anything like that? Of like, hey, because we have people uh, overseas, and we often ask if you were to come to Nephi, you've heard in the podcast, where would you say to go? What would you say to do? Would, have you ever thought about like doing short-term rentals out of that so people could stay where yeah. Brandon grew up or anything I, like I that? Think, I think um, if, I, if I had a goal in mind, it would be to turn that thing into an Airbnb. Um, right now, we're kind of working on making sure that everything's you know updated and everything's kind of put back together. Um, it's an old building and it's, it's, it, it's been neglected in the past, we'll say that. Um, and it takes a lot of time and a lot of money to put it back together. But I do think it would be a way awesome place to do an Airbnb at. Um, we do have people that stop all the time and, and, and ask for pictures and, you know, standing inside on, on, the, on the side of that building with that first east and first south video of when Brandon kind of put the, put the videos and the, the album together out. I see people out there standing all the time taking selfies or trying to get the picture of, of the building that's on the t-shirt or, you know, just things. So. It's fun to give them the tours. This was the first time you saw that t-shirt. Oh my gosh. Isn't that, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. And you got it on the wall here. I do. I have it in the wall. Um, I definitely bought the album so that I could have, have, have the signature on there. And there's just important things when you're a Killers fan that you have to have. So, so the first time I saw that t-shirt um the the current mayor justin seeley actually sent me a picture of it and said look what i just saw on the merchandise of of the killers and i i was just blown away that that was that was even there so of course um at the time my best friend was living in there and i said can you believe that your fridge i can see your fridge (laughs) it's on cbs right now when they were doing the videos there and it it was fun it's fun. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, it's kind of surreal, isn't it? It is. It is. So. So when Brandon came through, um, you talked about hearing him talk about working with his dad and stuff. Was there any other stories that you happened to overhear or anything that came from his time there? You know, uh, another fun story. Um, this was not from when Brandon was, you know, looking at the building, but um, they did have a family member that that passed away, um, and they the Flowers family kind of came back um, for the funeral and. I, I kind of figured that that day that I'd probably have some visitors from the family and they wanted to come in and see, you know, what was going on and take a couple pictures of, of the family in the foyer. And I, they, they told me this one story. Um, I, I do believe they live in the same apartment that I'm in right now. Um, but, but his sister told me that the, the funny thing about it is the floor is the loudest floor. It cracks and creaks and you can't walk on it. And it's, it's, it's ridiculously loud when you walk past it. It's still got a lot of like the, the old hardwood from, from when they built it. So, so she told me that his sister told me that, um, you know, there's no way to sneak out. <laughs> so, so in, in downstairs in one of the rooms, there is just a piece of this drywall that was cut out and then somebody put it right back in and kind of mudded, but you can tell that it was cut and you're like, what is this? Well, when they came back to town, I finally got the rest of the story of what that was. She couldn't sneak out, and so they cut a hole in the drywall so she could get out of the building and not have her dad. She got in a lot of trouble when her dad when her dad found out about that. But 
she also told me um, they told me some stories. There, there's a there's a loft in my in my apartment building. It's been covered up now. I'd love to uncover it um, and bring it back. But they also used to just sleep up there. That was like their hangout spot. Was a, was the loft in the apartment. So. The building's got 12 foot ceilings, so all of it's really tall. It's got seven foot windows um, in the downstairs. Um, so I can just imagine them just kind of hanging out and, and just having just it really is fun. My, my kids and my grandkids and my nieces and my nephews and, and everything. It's, it's just kind of like having this community where all of these kids get to run back and forth to, to different houses and have their family and their friends right right there. So kind of cool i love it <laughs> that's cool so in some of the trailers for the album before it came out there's a picture there's an interview of brandon outside standing by the sign the street sign were you made aware of that happening or no you no i would have definitely made sure that the lawn was mowed and 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 the weeds were cut um i think that they it's like i i, I mentioned earlier it's I think that they, they, they went for a definite look and I'm like, my God, you pointed out everything I haven't done. <laughs> so, put me on blast a little put bit. Put me on blast. But no, that was that was completely unknown about. Um, you know, it was we're, we did get a knock on the door that said, hey, Brandon's here. We're going to do a, bit of, a little bit of recording and just act normal, you know. And, and, and so it was like, well, OK, let's let's see it. So so in those videos, you know, we weren't inside there by all means or, or watching it. But but I definitely was peeping out the window trying to figure out what was, what going, was going on. on was yeah. Yeah. They it, it was pretty quick. It, you know, it, it had to be because. People were figuring out that he was in town, and we did have neighbors that were starting to come over and talk to him. So yeah, about the time he shows up in town, it doesn't take long for word to get around, no, does it? No, no, it doesn't. It, it word travels quick in Nephi. It definitely does. I have a fun sign. Uh, word that yeah, it's, it's on the top show. Yeah, yeah. It says uh, the night. The nice thing about Nephi is that if you don't know what you're doing, somebody else will. And I think that is so true about this town. So. So Pressure Machine comes out, and you you had a heads up more than the rest of us because you've seen kind of the process or heard things going. Yeah. Where do you first listen to it, and what are your first thoughts about it? So the first time that I heard Quiet Town and Cody was actually in the backyard of Andy's, Andy's garage on Main Street. Um, kind of got got some of these people together that did the interviews and, and the documentary information and, and said, hey, do you want to go to a picnic and again I had no idea what was going on I, I I was just kind of like okay thanks so you know yeah thanks for interviewing my husband yeah we'll come to a picnic I mean you so know what's going that, on who, who makes the invite or how's that yeah happen? it was it was really weird we had no idea in fact I was supposed to go out of town with my daughter on a road trip and my husband said hey I just got a call from the producer and we're supposed to bring uh, a side of something to share and go to a barbecue and they'll let us know the location later and I'm like okay Tony I, I, I just really had no idea what was going on and 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 so I, I think I made some deviled eggs um, <laughs> and maybe some potato salad you know stuff that you take to a picnic and I figured it was just all of the the townspeople that were part of this documentary we saw some faces and I figured it was just a, a get-together to say thanks for that and then all of a sudden it was there was a setup and um the killers came out and we got to be part of 
of of the videos of of their their two songs that they let out. So first song they played was Quiet Town and you know you don't know what to expect and the first lyrics that they talked about with the train, I mean that just my eyes were wet the entire time. I started crying and realizing like all of the emotions that do come out of this town and and the opioid addictions that we that that we did have when we were kids and 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 some of the things that that did happen and nobody talked about. There was always these these quiet secrets about the town. Um, I think that kind of part of being that pressure machine is that people don't want to talk about what really happened in life and what kind of things that, you know, that happened be behind closed doors in homes. And, and unfortunately, we lost friends because of that and, and people not being able to, you know, talk about what's going on. So that was that was kind of an emotional song for me. And then the Cody song, I, I, I love it, love it. When, when he did sing that one, he said that he kind of took some of his, uh, you know, family members and friends, big brothers sort of thing and kind of put them together in a character. And so it was kind of really interesting to kind of hear, you know, he's always talking with his fist. He's got, you know, I mean, it was just this character just fit so well with people from Nephi. <laughs> so. well, that's a good selling point. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand they also played some songs that didn't make the documentary. Do you remember... What else they played? Um, those two songs were the ones that they played at the at the picnic, and then they also played, you know, Mr. Brightside, of course, a few other ones for us, and it was just surreal. Like you're sitting in a in the backyard of a house with no connections there. Um, that the, the guy owns a mechanic shop, and you're in this, you're having a superstar sing you his new songs, and I just. I think I was blown away. Like I just, I, I still am in shock that that happened. I'm, I, I remember, you know, I, I, it was very hush hush. We weren't allowed to say anything, and uh, it was just so hard. And I think what, when we were finally like, okay, we can start talking about this. I remember going up to the Salt Lake um, Mojo office and being like, John, you have no idea what's going on. I can't. Oh my gosh! And just being able to tell him all of these cool things that were happening in the town and. It still is just kind of like one of those pinch me moments. Yeah, we were doing the podcast and we started hearing little things, but we couldn't talk about them. And then we started hearing more things and we're like, when is this going to come out? Because this is something yeah. we'd like to talk about. And the people would ask us things and we'd be like, yeah, I don't know if Brandon will ever do a concert in Nephi or uh, I don't know what's going You know, we'd have to kind of like, because we didn't know really, but we'd heard. Yeah. And so we're like, when is the... When's this non-disclosure agreement or whatever you can go yeah. away so we can actually talk to people like you that were there? Yeah, yeah. It, it was just, I mean, just one of these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. And I'm so glad that my husband actually took the time to do the video and, 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 and make it make it possible. So it was just, I, I mean, how many people can say they, they watched The Killers song? I mean, I couldn't wait until it came out because I wanted to be able to talk to people about so it. So how many people fun. were there approximately? Like, Probably about 50. Probably about 50. And did they have like a, a buffet line set up? Did you eat with the band or was it you had the barbecue and stuff before and then? I had the barbecue before and then they came out, um, you know, there was... I do know that Ronnie ate one of my deviled eggs. I was the coolest. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, but but it was just kind of then they came out and visited for a minute, and they they really did not stick around and and visit with the crowd, which I mean, who can blame them? You know, uh, neat like we said, Nephi word gets around really quick, and I'm sure that it had to stay hush hush for a reason. Yeah, I'm surprised that was pulled off and didn't get like no one talked for a while, especially with with that and the interstitials were the, those were the two things with that album. I couldn't believe people kept secret as good as they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, I mean, word gets around, but we're really good at keeping secrets around. <laughs> <don't you> know? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Point proven right there. <laughs> and so uh, after that, and, and you get you get the CD, you just listen online? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, as soon as I, knowing all the inside information, I was definitely like, when is this coming out? When is this coming out? And then, you know, all of the videos of, of the of the parts in Eureka that were taken and, and the, the specials that they did on that started coming in. They they gave it a date of when they had, when it was coming out and I was definitely like up till midnight waiting to, you know, waiting for it to hit so I could listen to it. There was no cameras allowed. There was no pictures allowed at this event that they did. And then they were very clear that, that that was not allowed. So being able to like go and listen to the music again, I mean, it was just kind of, it was, it was, it was awesome. Do you know when the barbecue was, when the concert was? Let's see. I, I guess it would be mid-July, mid-July. So about a month before the album came out. Yep. Yep. You stampede time, right? You stampede time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it would probably, I think. I think I left with my daughter for our road trip. Yeah, it would have been like mid-July. Yeah, the end of end of July is when we left, and then we did another road trip with my kids to South Dakota, and so yeah, and in August, so right after, probably right after the Used Unpeed. So, what are some of the other songs that you uh, you like listening to the album, <laughs> or, or thoughts? Maybe not even like, but what memories or or just things that came back Nephi related? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. There's there's just so many connections that if you don't know Nephi, that it, it, it doesn't make sense until you do, so to speak. You know, talking about the Salt Creek. Um, I've never tasted the Salt Creek. I don't, I, but I We're going to go over here yeah, right now. I mean, go, go check it out. We're going to go look at the Salt Creek. I know that, I, so I used to do the irrigation company. I was a water master before I got into real estate. and. I know where that water comes from and how dirty it is. So just make sure you're vaccinated. Make sure you're, <laughs> make sure you're good. <laughs> so, we'll go closer to the source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go a little closer. <laughs> we'll let Jimmy take that one. <laughs> yeah, maybe boil it before. <laughs> so, yeah. No, but it, it, it just kind of, you know, those stories. I, I think there is a song that talks about, you know, the hardwood floor and the lay in the bed on the hardwood floor how much better of life could you have sort of thing and and i i just can't help think that that is part of the building um those sayings of that or you know in 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 there there's there's a there's a saying that says that he'll let's see how how does it go in quiet town visiting with the the people that where he used to live sort of thing and i can't help that you know the the dead and the living where he used to live sort of thing i can't help but think that that's part of of the building so yeah no, I, that brings up new meaning yeah, yeah when you talk about yeah. talk about ghosts in the building i think that whole uh, song about getting by i think it is where his dad gets up in the morning and tries to get out of the house without yeah. making noise yeah. And all that kind of thing i think that's all about your building for oh, yeah. sure and, yeah. and now yeah there's other okay, spots i mean Obviously, if he's coming back and, and walking through and getting inspiration, and a lot of his memories are tied to that, 
that building like we talked about with Nephi, um, he was at the golf course or he was there basically, right? We, yeah. we don't have a lot of other memories coming out about other things he was doing. So I think that would have to be tied in. So I made a list of killer's lyrics that I think are related to the annex. Okay. You talked about one of them, but in Deadlines and Commitments, he says, there is a place here in this house where you can stay. And after talking to you, that has on additional meaning, knowing just how many places there were to stay in that building. Yeah. And then, and when you were young, it says, sometimes you close your eyes and see the place where you used to live when you were young. Yeah. That's obviously yeah. where he lived. And smile like you mean it. It says, and someone is playing a game in the house that I grew up in. And someone will drive around down the same streets that I did. So I, you know, I think of the the streets of Nephi, but also yeah, particularly yeah. the annex. So that's that's super cool to hear that and make some more of those connections. <laughs> that's awesome. So if somebody's listening and comes to town, this is what we always ask. But yeah. where where are your spots? Where are your go to spots? What what do they have to see or do? Well, number one, of course, the old annex building. We we have no problems with people coming out and taking pictures and, and everything. So please stop by because it's it's quite the cool place. Um, you know, there's, there's the Westfields, of course. I think that we all have memories of going out there and, and you know, a lot of the times, I mean, this is kind of a time of the past, but we all went to school and there was rifles set up. And that's because something that we did is we call it, you know, bunny hopping and then we'd go out there and shoot it was uh, i never did that of course i'm I, but but that's something that, that happened in nephi and i i absolutely love the crosses and how the photographer got the picture of the crosses for the front of the album i think that is probably one of the most special uh special shots that he that he could have done um i think that it you know it's a newer thing it wasn't anything there when we grew up but just kind of um it just fits the album. It just fits the album. You know, there's, I wish there was Country Crossroads still. That one would be a fun place, but that's where the credit union is now. Uh, Lisa's Country Kitchen, of course, you've got to stop there. Let's see, there's a, there's, there's taco time and then there's the gas station right across the street that was always popular where we'd go get sodas when we were younger and, and cruise Maine. So lots of, lots of fun places. And then of course the parks, um, the old mill park is mentioned and it's just right here on first South and main street in Nephi. Definitely go to the coffee shop, the Haven that is right next door to it. Well, if people want to come by and see, I don't want to invite people over if you don't yeah. want them, but you got an awesome wall here. Awesome wall in my office. Yeah, add that to the list. Office office has a as a kind of a dedicated wall to Nephi. Um, I've got some killers and from you know the killers t-shirt on there and then um, just kind of some other uh, Nephi superstars on the wall. Uh, Blake Mangelson that, that plays for the BYU now. Um, he is not a Nephite but LeVan and, and that's that's close enough. Close enough. <laughs> I've got a Jerry Shepard who's a professional bull rider on on the wall um, and then just some really you know we've got we've got Amy Harmon who is a New York best time seller on the wall and I'd love to keep on adding to it if you guys know of any other famous people from Nephi that I need on my wall please mention them what do you think because you have children and grandchildren now mm -hmm. who live in Nephi you grew up here for the most part you mm -hmm. moved in like the rest of us or some of us mm -hmm. what what's the difference now to when we were here or when Brandon was here that time frame what what's the difference and what's the same the difference would be I think when we would go when we were younger and we would go into the grocery store 
we'd walk in and we would know every single face in there. And, you know, you'd say hi to your neighbor, you'd say hi to your school teacher and, and everybody was there and you knew every single face. And if you didn't know the face, you were like, who is that? What, you know, so, so that has definitely changed. Um, Nephi's growing up and, and the population is, is, is getting up there. Um, we're getting a lot of cool things in Nephi. A National Guard base is coming in. Um, we're getting our first big hotel name in here now. And let's see, I went to, uh, I, I went to the Chamber of Commerce meeting, uh, the other day and they did the, uh, state of the city speech and there's 400 houses right now that have been approved for building i can't even imagine like that's 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 big to me i i think there was 400 houses total when we were kids so yeah things things are definitely changing but it's kind of a double-edged sword for me in my in my work and my love for my small town so <laughs> definitely if somebody wants to get a hold of you um just to check it out or, or whatever. Do you have yeah. social places to, to guide them to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can always check us out at realestatewithmojo.com um, and all of our profiles are on there. Uh, Joey's, mine, everybody from Nephi, Spud. You can also, um, so on Facebook, I'm either under my name for my personal one, Meadow Buchanan Paritas, or my my real estate one is uh, Meadow Buchanan, or excuse me, Meadow Paritas Realtor. And then on Instagram, I've got uh, Meadow Sells Utah. So, yeah. So, can you just tell us about what the real estate market's like in Nephi right now? It is on fire. Um, it, it, it definitely has uh, slowed down with the interest rates a little bit. I think that it's giving people a little bit more opportunity to to look for more than fifteen minutes before they buy a house, which is good. Anything around four hundred thousand is it's gone um, pretty pretty quick. So there's a lot of people that want to move in. There's a lot of people that love the small town feel um, and, and want to kind of get out of the city. And the other thing is, is that there's a lot of people that are doing, you know, work from home now so they can kind of live wherever they want. And, you know, Nephi's, it's not a bad place. So <laughs> yeah, when you're uh, when you're showing yourself, so a lot of people are coming not necessarily from Nephi. And yeah. you, got, you sell them on the town or does the town just kind of sell itself? You know, here, a funny story is I've, I've got a best friend of 20, oh, this is going to age me, 20, 24 years now. I met her in Ogden when I went to Job Corps for school. And um, about four years ago, we've, we've, we've stayed in touch throughout the years. And she's, she's came to Nephi a couple times, but most of the time it was me going to Salt Lake to visit her. And um, about four years ago, she came to me and she said, I think I just need a change. I just need a change of pace. I need to, you know, have a have a new look. And I said, just move to Nephi. And and I, I was kind of joking about it at first. And then I started like, you should move to Nephi. So it, it just happened that there was a house for rent up the road. And I said, let's go talk to him. And so we went up there and, and she moved to Nephi. And I said, look, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. You'll, you'll either love it and you're going to stay here the rest of your life or you're going to wait. You can't wait until your 18-month lease is up so that you can get the heck out of town. And luckily for me, she loves it. Thank goodness. Um, but one of the funny things that she mentioned, she called me the, the, the day that they moved in the next morning. She called me at about seven o'clock in the morning and she said did you just move me to a town without a mcdonald's what am i gonna do for my kids for breakfast and i just thought oh my gosh how funny is that so yeah it's i mean it's it's definitely like i said a place that you're either gonna love or you're gonna hate there's no in between <laughs> sometimes you hate it then you turn around and love it hey I mean, exactly exactly <laughs> 
Another thing I wanted to ask you about, you posted a few weeks ago about the Citizens Academy. I wanted to ask about that. You oh, seem yes. to have loved that and learning more about some of the that so things fun. that go on in Nephi. Yeah, so that that's kind of another special thing about Nephi. I don't think a lot of places a lot of places do that. Um, there was a, a Citizens Academy uh, that was put on by the Nephi City Police, Utah Highway Patrol, Sheriff's Department, the EMT ambulance, and once a week um, we would get to go and kind of put ourselves in their situation. Um, there was uh, there was a couple different scenarios. Uh, we did get to tour the jail. I, I had never been there, believe it or not. Oh, so I was really infatuated of, of how that worked. And, and I was happy that I could leave afterwards and I wasn't on the other side. But there was also, we, we got to do some scenarios where we we got to put ourselves in what the, what they go through every day and uh, you know where they where where they'd act out on a suicide and we'd have to kind of go in and say okay how are we going to resolve this what would they do um, you know a domestic a, a domestic abuse um, situation where we'd have to go in and and figure out what was going on and you know we got to to go up on the freeway with the highway patrol and see how quick those cars are going past them and and how much just sitting on the side of the road how much of a danger that that really is and what they what they do there and it was just a situation of you know it's it's such a tight-knit community i don't think that we ever realized how how much those those men and women actually do protect us i mean we are right on i-15 there is uh, let's see, three exits to I-15, you could go up the canyon, you could head to Delta, you could take the back roads to Mona, you could take the back roads to Levan. There's so many different ways that, that, that somebody could enter and exit Nephi. And I just think that I'm just grateful for those people that we do have that, 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 that they do protect us. And, and, and it's, it's really cool. A lot of them have been Nephites their whole life. I mean, I remember some of the officers when when we were in middle school, and 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 here they are now. I've you know had to call nine one one on a suicide for my building, and that's that's who shows up is is our our, our childhood friends from from middle school. So yeah, I it's, I couldn't do that job. I mean, I no just way. I don't got it in me. No way, <laughs> me either. <laughs> cool experience. I'm, 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 I'm so glad there's I'm glad them. there's people that are uh, able to do that, and that's their calling and what they they choose to do because it's it's definitely. You get scrutinized no matter how you do it. You're never doing it good enough, well enough for, for a lot of people. But the same, you have to take all that home and, and yeah. deal with it. And it's it's a tough spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you get tased? I, if I could do anything again, I would do it. I, I, I chickened out and afterwards I was like, I should have done it. But no, I was too scared. Too scared. I don't like needles. I don't like blood. In fact, my kids are not allowed to bleed unless their dad is home. So <laughs> yeah, but but if I could do it again, I would definitely be tased. But... Braver than me. I have no desire to do that. Right? I saw some of the people that were involved had done it. So. Yeah. This is another episode down from Lonely Town. I am Meadow Caritas and I own the building that Brandon grew up in.